0: You know, what I'm thinking is, you know, maybe the way to solve this problem is to divorce social media from the news and just have social media be a place to socialize and to discuss, but not try to make it a truth tracking system and just look for the news to be that and look for journalists to be that and scientists and other experts in their fields. I think maybe we're trying to make social media into something it's not supposed
1: to be. Welcome to Specific Knowledge. I'm your host, Devin Marty. This is a podcast dedicated to exploring how people coordinate and build in a dynamic world where knowledge is distributed and ephemeral. With a focus on creative destruction and the role of blockchain as a decentralizing technology, we discuss new ways to reimagine and reshape the current social order. I'm joined by my two friends, Lucas and Ryan who are experts in their field. Today's episode is on Social Media 2.0. We hope you enjoy episode 14 of Specific Knowledge. All right, guys, episode 14, Social Media 2.0. Ryan, Lucas, how are you guys doing?
0: I'm doing good, enjoying this beautiful weather here in, in Houston.
2: I'm doing, I'm, doing well as, I'm doing well as well. Uh, it's always a pleasure to hang out with you guys, and I'm really looking forward to today's topics, especially considering all that's been going on in the world lately.
1: Yeah, I heard you were, um, well, first I heard you're up in Colorado right now, near me.
2: That's, oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Well, I heard is. on
1: social media. <laughs> oh, speaking of. Speaking of um, yeah, so social media 2.0, the idea here is we have social media today, right? As we know, it, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, sadly no more MySpace, but I hear some people still use it. We want to kind of address the, the difference between centralized social media and this uh, new onslaught or this new uh, category of decentralized social media and decentralized applications uh, that, that use different incentive structures and value structures to accomplish a similar goal. But I think the first thing we should touch on is recently Facebook had a big outage. And so did Instagram and WhatsApp, because they're all operated by Facebook. But there was a huge outage for how many hours? It was like six or?
0: Yeah, I think it was like around six hours.
1: Yeah. And it I mean, (laughs) people were not happy. Uh, I know a lot of people deleted the app and got off it entirely. And then some of them got back on. But it was a huge on Twitter, which was still up. Uh, there was a lot of talk about Web3 and decentralized social medias and the need for it. And I think that uh, will be a great topic of discussion, a great jumping off point for this discussion today.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. And there's the, I know the big story with Facebook was the outage, but there was another story that happened the same day. or Maybe it was like a few hours before. Yes. That broke. And there was a Facebook uh, product engineer, product manager uh, by the name of Frances ha- Hagen or Haugen, I'm not sure how you pronounce her name, but she came out and basically was like a whistleblower saying that her, she had experienced some things at her time with Facebook that she thought, you know, were kind of important to get out and that it was essentially like damaging, damaging our, our society, you know, like a collective negative for us. And wh- there's, you know, issues with, uh, she brings up about pe- uh, young girls and, and using Instagram and how they reported, felt they felt worse, you know, about themselves and their bodies after they were on the app. And and that's, you know, that's things that we've talked about before. And it's a perennial problem with modern culture and the way that it st- sets standards for young girls and women that are unattainable. So, but the more interesting thing to me in her, in her, uh, in her whistleblow was when she talks about The misinformation filters that Facebook had created and really dialed up during the election. And that she says that after the election was over with, basically immediately after, they turned them back off. They turned, they reduced the filter and went back to the prior settings. And essentially, what they were doing is prioritizing growth and revenue over public safety. And her claim is Mm -hmm. that, you know, this kind of led to. Uh, Open the door for more uh, conspiracy theories about, you know, um, like alternative electors and January 6th and and all these things which did culminate in, you know, a historic um, riot at the at at Congress. So the uh, what I'm not not the political the politics is interesting historically, but that's not what we're focusing on here. What I think is interesting about this is this notion that what's in Facebook's best interests which is to have more money to make, to sell more, um, to have more eyeballs and more clicks, which means more ad ad buys, you know, they make more, they make more in selling ads, uh, that there what's in their interest is to actually reduce the, um, the limits on misinformation and to kind of stir up the fear and the anger that is that, that, cause, cause we know that fear and anger generates, uh, views like it's, it's, it's one way to generate, more money for them is to is to make us more angry and more fee- fearful of each other and if that can be done through letting crazy conspiracy theories fly then facebook's you know are cool with that to some extent and so there's this mismatch between what's good for facebook and what's good for us as as a people and and that's something that's you know that's not going to be solved immediately and i think mm-hmm. that problem will persist you know as as we go on i i, I don't want to jump the gun but there was an interesting article by Max Borders that talks about how we're living in a hall of mirrors time where everything you see whether it's in the news or on TV on you know CNN or Fox or in the newspapers or on social media or on the internet or either even from the White House or the Pentagon or the CDC or the you know any 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 anybody at all everything is seen as mis- is distrustful and is uncertain and as, as potentially um, you know manipulation or you know whatever some kind of misinformation and so in that kind of world where the the basic sense-making apparatus that we had we had, had relied on and used it, when that becomes broken I guess the question is what do you replace it with and I and I'm and I don't think you replace it with nothing obviously because you end up with this hall of mirrors kind of world yeah. where you, nobody has any any footing on the truth, right? So we have to track. There's got to be some mechanism for tracking the truth, and I wonder if we don't, if we don't, and in, in, innovate like a decentralized mechanism for that in a decentralized social media system, then we'll be left with these centralized ecosystems, which will increasingly look more like government control and totalitarianism, where there's a policy decision which decides this for us. And you know, when you turn to politics to decide what's true you're gonna get a political version of the truth, not the actual truth. So I feel like there's gonna be a need for some truth sorting or some filter for making sense of the world that we can can innovate and control ourselves. We can crowdsource the programming of instead of relying on a small team of technocrats. And I'll stop there and let somebody else talk.
1: Well, I'll jump in real quick uh, before um, Lucas jumps in. Uh, I think we talked about this earlier having a system of devices uh, that are connected to blockchain, not a system that someone has created, but all devices, sorry, I should say, that the collect data are attached to uh, the blockchain, right? And so with that, what you could do is, hey, this device did record this windstorm, this wind speed, whatever, at this time, and this is fact. And so you can get, it's not its not across the board you can get truths, but for in a lot of ways, you can get truths from... Uh, video cameras from sing- things that you know are not tampered with and that are recorded and stored forever on chain, uh, which is a yes, start. That's a good this. point.
2: I was still uh, I, I'm thinking about what Ryan just said. It, it makes me think. You know, blockchain. We, everyone sees how this can bring so much innovation and and better society through the financial sector and and decentralizing decision making for for financial and and on a monetary side, but Um, I can see the benefits also here in social media by it's like uh, taking that that same approach and and decentralizing, uh, crowdsourcing the decision making in a more democratic um, level playing field and, and not subjecting the social media to the same rigors of, of modern politics in that hierarchical method. I think what you said, Ryan, is beautiful and perfect. If you politicize the truth, that's what you're gonna get, a, a politicized truth. And, and so that it's, we have the ability to create, we have the ability to create our institutions to um have the incentives um, that that we would like and if and if our social media applications are politicized then the incentive structures the news the conspiracy theories that 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 um, they proliferate because it, it helps their algorithms it, it may not be the same incentives that you would have in a, in a more equal playing field uh, a more decentralized setting
0: yeah it does seem like we're um a bit of like a hamster on a wheel and they are like kind of poking us to see how to see how they can get that that wheel to spin a little faster or to see how we can you know respond to a stimulus it's a it's de- definitely a stimulus response sort of thing and and it's and we get dopam- dopamine releases whenever we you know whenever they re- when we get a reward whether it's a, a like or a, a share whatever but yeah i do feel like there's a point to that there's this sort of like a uh, top-down laboratory experiment sort of mindset where they, you know, they, they're, rig- they're, their scientists are rigging the algorithm to try to figure out how to, to best, you know, achieve some kind of goal and it's not working. And so I think you're right. We need to look for ways to, to put that, to take that role, take that responsibility out of their hands because, Hey, there's a big knowledge burden. We can, this is another, this is a way to tie this back to Hayek and our, and our theme, like the return to about the, uh, the knowledge and how it, the knowledge in the world and how it's not given to any group or person, but how it's spread and distributed across, uh, the entire, you know, all people and everybody has a little, a little thing they know and how it's local, like the important knowledge is, is localized and embedded in people's minds and often tacit things they can't explain and write down or, or put into words. So, the key is to how, to how do you make use of all that and bring it into the bring it in. How do you bring, make all those how, all those people put them into communication with each other, such that the knowledge can be utilized, and then in, and we can inform the program. Right, that's the question. How do we we inform this algorithm or this filter so that it it, it better matches the culture of the society and the society of the people who are using these platforms? Because we what we don't want is for the algorithm to be a the tool of some faraway clique or elite that has th- their own private interests in mind and and they can essentially dictate reality to us and make us live in according to what they think is true right and that that can be very dangerous I mean brings to mind things like 1984 and Big brother and and all, all of that right and and were uh, thought crimes and you know so and we're we can we could be approaching something like that. I don't want to be, you know, dystopian about it, but the I kind of the I, the goal, I guess the challenge we have before us is to figure out a way around that kind of outcome because if we do have informational chaos and that re, and that continues for an extended amount of time, I can you can expect the politicians and, and the the political parties and the and the different bureaucrats to start thinking about ways of of settling these these debates. Once and for all, and, and they'll be settled with force, and they'll be read, you know, mm-hmm. potentially re-education campaigns, and who knows how that could go. So we need to definitely Ryan, consider what how to get around that. Yeah,
1: right, Ryan. I think we're already we're already there. If um, and sorry to pick on him, but I think he's is proverbial or the the one who's picked on most. Uh, if Mark Zuckerberg wanted to decentralize, or sorry, wanted to destabilize a small country. He absolutely could. I know that there's a lot of phones in a lot of countries come preloaded with Facebook, yeah, and that's yeah. a deal they've made with the phone companies. And those people download Facebook, and now that's their main source of communicating with their family and their friends and how they get their news and, and everything. If move a few sliders, and, and mm-hmm. well, you know, small country in uh, south South America is gone or or whatever, it's it's like that's not far fetched. Now, can it happen in the United States? I think is what I think. Maybe also, yes, right? Uh, it's right. a much bigger country and you have, but you also have a much greater divide. Um, many different zeitgeists that people live in. It, and you only I need don't to think
0: destabilize too- a, a fraction. You don't need to get the exactly. whole, right? You nope. just need to radicalize a Extreme extreme
1: left. Yeah, exactly.
0: And, you know, to that point, as you see more like there, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was this guy that uh, he was a big Trump supporter. That was back in 16, I believe. And I think he was a Floridian. He was from Florida. And he he had a van with a bunch of writing on it. You know, he's one of those nut jobs and he would mail. I think he mailed like 15 or so pipe bombs to different people in the Democratic Party all over the United States. Now, fortunately, either through uh, him being an idiot or through some kind of divine grace or whatever, these pipe bombs didn't explode and they were, um, you know, they were found and he was arrested and charged. And I'm sure he's in jail. But, you know, he and he was doing all this because of the QAnon nonsense that he was reading on Facebook and YouTube. And then, the, then of course, you can look at the January sixth riot where there was, you know, people killed and you know, all kinds of stuff. Historically, happened uh, in the house that would have, you know, hard to believe. And uh, I think the more you see these kinds of this violence happen, right, that's connected to ideas that you see on the internet that are nutty, the more you see that happen, the greater the argument comes becomes yeah. for for some kind of totalitarian response. And I and it's, it goes back to the fact that the government is, tipi- is not some kind of alien thing that's coming in and that's going to come down and do some horrible things that nobody wants. Like, and usually totalitarianism and fascism or, or whatever ism you want to use, it's not something people clamor for it. And, and when it's, in, when they don't like it when, once they get it, but they demand it in the, on the, in, in the initial stages out of fear of some kind of uh, something worse, right? So, and I, I feel like we're heading in that kind of direction.
1: Uh, well, I think this is a perfect uh, segue into probably, I think, the first discussion point on centralized uh, social medias versus decentralized social medias, which would be how would censorship be addressed? So censorship versus profit or censorship versus accountability uh, or, or misinformation and, and how that's dealt with. Just kind of that whole bag of words just, just thrown into the the pile here. Let's address it.
2: Well, <clears throat> I, I like how you brought up accountability and censorship in, in the same sentence, because I, I feel there are two different ways of dealing with the same situation. And Shucks, this really goes back to uh, what Ryan was saying earlier. We look at how our, our social media is set up right now and, and the incentives to, to try to trigger and badger people um, the, the way it's controlled right now there's, there's a lack of accountability. And and here's what I'm trying to say. What you were talking about earlier, Ryan, let's match our technology to our culture. If I walk into a restaurant, if I walk into a store and I start screaming nonsense and I start throwing things all over the place, well, I'll be asked to leave. I might be told I'm not allowed to come back in there because I'm accountable for my actions. Facebook is a social media platform that allows for people to to create uh, certain identities and to communicate on a certain level, but there, the the mechanism for accountability is not. And I think a social media platform that would bring uh, a credit type accountability to the individual would be a more closer match to what how we live in reality. If we if we want to use technology. Uh, to broaden and expand and communicate more our, our culture. It, it is in our culture to ostracize people who we feel behave in, in uh, nefarious or um, in, in unharmonious ways. And so I think I really do feel that the the big thing right now, and even what, what you were talking about, Devin, with Zuckerberg being able to create slides and and, and steer the directives or the views of a nation, there again is lack, lack of accountability for what, what one man can do in that ecosystem. So I, I really feel that when we're coming up with these blockchain, these new social media uh, platforms, <clears throat> the ones that will have more value and ha- have more success I I believe in my heart will be those that find a way to bring accountability because with accountability also comes the reward, right? If you, it's not just accountability for saying something wrong, it's also uh, being able to be accountable for, for bringing value and and adding value to the community and saying something that can steer people in the right direction. So accountability and reward in, in that sense.
1: So you're saying somehow, incentivize which is very difficult to you know you know and economists love incentives if you've read like um freakonomics i think that's how they start off the book it's like how incentives can begin with the right intentions but always not end up with with the right result right but creating the right incentives to uh censor the correct things but also create an accountable society
2: less on 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 the censorship and just more on the accountability and and i don't mean uh come up with some nudge top down incentive structure it can be in the design there could be competing yeah. social media platforms that have different ways of holding people accountable it could be a monetary thing it could be a social credit thing that allows them how much they can publish or if they get enough dings you know there are myriad ways um accountability or reddit has a pretty cool
1: system you outvote it's true the
0: post that you point. like
1: you know so there's there's a
0: there's some kind of a precedent for that
1: yeah and that, well that that gets into and hopefully not to derail too much because i think it's it's in line still with what we're talking about but that is in, the reputation the pr- proof of reputation maybe even if you want to call it that where you earn repu- reputation tokens or coins uh that signify how valuable you've been to the community and how much you've given, how much, uh, let's say praise you've been given by the community for uh, the thoughts that you voiced and the maybe the way you voted on, on certain ways or, or I, I don't know how you want to um, yeah, really Yeah, and I, think, and I think in
0: social media, the way that the algorithm would be designed would, would potentially be that your your feed would be populated by the people but first by the things that are of course interesting interesting to you of course right but it would be the people that have the, the best reputation if it's, if it's a news story or an article or a thought piece i would imagine that as you're scrolling you'd see the, the high reputation stuff out front and then you'd have to kind of go searching for the, the more yes. marginal uh producers of, of content and think of uh, right and ideas the idea producers i would i'd imagine it'd be like there'd be a sorting kind of going on right
1: yeah, and for anyone listening who's like, well, wait, isn't that just another form of hierarchy built into the decentralized system? I think that's absolutely right, but I, I think still what exists is that, well, as we've talked about before, that voice and exit. Uh, if, if you do want to, obviously the voice, you can voice and, and earn your way up uh, as, the, as you contribute more, but if you do want to exit the system, you know there it's a decentralized open source world. There are going right. to be competitors. There are going to be people who fork the code and create their own version of it heck you could probably even do that with uh, a team of two developers right it doesn't take much to to and the other point
0: would be just to head take it head on and say well hey yeah there is hierarchy implied in this to some degree but guess what it's by design Mm -hmm. it's a feature not a bug because we're living in a in a world right now where it's informational chaos you have truth and falsity are on the equal plane with each other that's super flat uh, there's no hierarchy there. and so we're trying to actually get away from that to where there's we can recognize truth and separate it from untruth and it won't be obviously a black and white thing. there's going to be a, gradi- a a gradient there right because of the nature of knowledge and the nature of the scientific process and then just the nature of uncertainty with, with, with regard to how things are. but it will the idea is to move closer to something that tracks the truth, right And I think by definition you separate something that's more true from something that's not or less true, right? You start creating a, a spectrum. You've, you've, you've got a hierarchy. If you, if you've already, if you appreciate and value the truth, you've created a hierarchy, you you know, there's the things that are, that are higher up on that spectrum mm-hmm. are, are better and sounder and more valid than the things that are below. It's just the nature of truth yes. and of, of searching for it and trying to falsify things that we know aren't that we, as we go, that's going to create a hierarchy, right?
2: There's natural hierarchies and, and the idea is to create uh to create structures that that value. What do we what do we want to place a, a value on? Well, let's place a value on truth. So let's create a hierarchy around those who are best able to um, discover truth and and educate and teach and enlighten the brothers and sisters to whatever that may be. And, we, and that knowledge of truth is spread out amongst all of us. So, so many people can bring that to the table, but, but is our, is that the, is that what we're valuing? Is there a way to make that the, the you know the value that we incentivize to to build hierarchies around is the question how we do it and you bring up the, the max borders article by accountability I, I I'm also saying what he says about putting skin in the game accountability yes. having some way to put skin in the game to be accountable for the energy that you put out there If you're going to say the theater's burning down uh, you know in, in, a, in a crowded building, and you can cause a lot of damage, a lot of harm. Well, you can also go out and say nonsense and cause damage and harm in the social media world. And right. so, if people can, if there's a, if there's a system where someone has skin in the game, so where if they do make a claim like that, um, that they can be there's a cost. There's a cost. Period. Yep. And
0: that's the the baseline incentive that we need to, that needs to be thought about is how do you how do you put costs on people who knowingly share misinformation and and it, and it needs oh. to be in proportion to to the harm it does right so if you share Absolutely. misinformation about something that's non that's non-nonsensical you know then I, I would imagine that wouldn't the cost should be should be nothing you know unless somebody else there needs there needs it needs to be contextual right because we're not going to be able to just settle it we can't police every all the speech but there needs to be some way of, of dealing with the kinds of really irresponsible claims that can be that can lead to violence or or breakdown of of uh social cohesion like when you start putting the myth out there that um i mean i don't even want to i don't want to get political because it's so easy to do it but you can just imagine a political statement targeting one part of the other and saying they're pedophiles or they're you know satan worshipers or they're drinking the blood of babies or or you know putting human flesh into cheeseburgers or you you, you've heard the claims and they're nuts right and or maybe you haven't, but they're out there <laughs> and it's those yeah. kinds of things. Is that the that, green party? Uh, yeah. Right. Right. Or even, you know, nutty, you know, just, I don't even know the, the LaRouche, the, the LaRouche pack, might be might comes mm-hmm. to mind or um, back in the day, it would have been the, uh, Oh shoot. The um, well, regardless, the uh there's, these claims are endless. There's a lot of them everywhere. And a lot of it goes back to the anti-Semitic claims in the, um, elders of the, the protocols of the elders of Zion, like some of this stuff gets traced back to that, which is, you know, kind of old, but, um, has been used to slur the Jews over the, over the decades. And I think some people have rediscovered that document and have repurposed some of those, um, those claims. And now you see them pop up, you know, in in modern day and disconnected from their context and, you know, have, they have a new life. So yeah, it's those kinds of things which can lead people to drive across the country and start shooting, or or want to you know do some kind of act of violence. That's the stuff that we have to kind of figure out how to deal with. And it, it's not the lies about um, you know petty stuff that's important to, f- to figure out. That's because that's always going to be that's a perennial thing, right, in human human life.
2: So. Do you see how the way Facebook is set up now, we can see the value it's brought, right? Because the Facebook revolution has allowed people to communicate, messenger pictures. You can chat. You can share articles. I mean, there's the good and the bad. You know, we can look at both sides of everything. And as a technology for, for, for this social media, uh, this new social culture, it's, it's helped bring a lot of people together and do a lot of great things. The question is, where does it fall short? What are the weaknesses and how... Um, is blockchain or technology can be used to, to take it further and to patch up and fix those problems. And you know you talk about you were talking about not want to be political, but at the moment, maybe that's what the problem. Social media shouldn't be political because at the moment Facebook is a political tool. It's openly a political tool. It's a decentralized uh, corporate body. And they, based upon the perspectives and the views of the people who control it, uh, they take information down and they proliferate information that benefits them. So um, maybe uh, what we desire for a social media app is is for not a group of people, a, a man or a group of men to have the power over information, because that's really not natural, right? It's not natural for For someone in the world to be able to wave a wand and mute the voices of thousands of people at the snap of a finger, right? You would think in a a free social media app, all the people that have something to say about what's going on in their community should be able to say it, even if it offends the, the ruling class or another group of people. For sure. Yeah.
0: That's the problem is finding that compromise space where free speech is tolerated, but but there's also a way of sorting baseless claims that go that could potentially be viral and and deadly you know and i don't think censorship, i have to agree with you lucas i don't believe censorship is the path forward um, now i do believe that certain images of you know should be censored on a platform and i do believe you know doxing people if i so if i got doxed or if you guys got doxed i would be okay with seeing that post removed and, you know, there's certain, so there's a baseline level of things I'm okay with censoring, but it's very minimal. And it's stuff I think most people would be on board with. But with misinformation, I think it's a better idea to try to do a fact check more than a censor, than a because at least you're now bringing, you're having a, con- you're opportunity, you have an opportunity for a conversation. And, and also the other problem is, is when people who believe strongly in certain ideas find they don't have a home on, on a certain, in, in society. They'll they'll go to the edges. They'll go to the extremes. They'll they'll go to the margins and they'll isolate themselves. An example would be the Stormfront, uh, the uh, neo-Nazi website. You know, they were there was some other there was some uh, website I can't remember now, and they they found themselves excluded basically from all corners of polite society on the web. So the the not neo-Nazi set created their own website called Stormfront, and if you go there, it's message board, and you know it's awful, and it's some of the most you know vile things you can imagine. And you have to realize that in that in isolation, they they are they're in an echo chamber where they're only hear, they're just hearing the same people agreeing with each other, and so it just it just feeds the extremism. There's no outside voices tempering any of this. So if you if you're on the fence and you happen to walk into this this world, you're going to be hit with an onslaught of of uh, crazy, and it's going to become your reality, and you won't know, and there won't be any sane voices on the margins to say, well wait a minute, maybe you should look at this claim. A little harder and so that and so that so when you're not in communication so basically the point is when extremists fall out of communication with the rest of society they become more extreme and so I do believe censorship has a real potential for backlash in the sense that it could divide people even further and lead extremists to become isolated and then you know who knows what kind of crazy stuff evolves out of that and and that that's not going to be good so we I do believe that Censorship should be reserved for very, very few, few few items that, you know, which I already mentioned, and that really a fact-checking dialogue is, is better. And then, so then the question becomes, well, whose facts and, and all of that? And, that, and that's, I think that's something we crowdsource. That goes back to the, the importance of not putting this ring on anybody's finger because we know the, the role that incentives play in, in human decision-making and the famous quote from uh, Lord Acton was that power, "absolute power corrupts absolutely." So even if you, you you take a benevolent person and you give them a benevolent mission, if they have absolute power, they are you know there's going to be unforeseen consequences that even the best of us are not going to be able to avoid. So if we can avoid creating that dynamic and somehow find a way to bring the people, the, the society itself, the culture itself into the process of developing the fact check, you know, settling on who the, the, who the informational sources of, of trust are and settling on, you know, a certain system of sorting through an, a claim, you know, if we can crowdsource that and bring everybody into it, then I think we'll get a more, uh, it'll be a fair outcome and we'll avoid some of the problems mm-hmm. with central power.
1: Yeah. Uh, on that note, and also as a, as a segue into our last topic, which would be kind of the practical uh, alternatives or practical, sorry, existing applications of decentralized social media. I think what would be probably the way to go is, is structure, the, the, structure the information, the channels of information, much like you would a blockchain to verify that things are in fact true. And you could build networks of uh, okay. This so, so so how a blockchain works is there is a node or, or a person. Let's just say a person a block, and they're connected by other to other blocks by a chain. And the network expands, and each node, each block, is connected to more and more blocks as it goes on, right? Or the same amount of blocks, but their network effect gets larger and larger. But there uh, there starts with one block that has the information that then is verified by three blocks next to it. And then those three blocks are verified by the three blocks attached to each of them. It becomes, uh, you know, grows exponentially. If you uh, applied that same blockchain technology to, in some way, in a anonymous way to have people at random, not attached to the same block cons- consistently so they couldn't collude, but at random, one block would be the information there would be checked by a series of blocks around it. And if it crossed that threshold, it went to the blocks around it. And all these blocks are in contact with each other at all times, right? And so, this information—if there's minf- misinformation identified very early on, it can be cut off from the the entire network very early on. Uh, if it's pretty good, and some people believe it, and some people don't, it's a little—it's a you know conspiracy, conspiracy or, or you know there are some merits, uh, or some merit to it. You could continue to expand, and, and maybe it would get caught at a later date, and only a certain amount of people. But you would still. Um, be mitigating the damage that misinformation is doing, and, and I'm not trying to say that I'm the person to do this. I'm not qualified to do it, but I think we can look at some current options that, that do exist, and um, you know maybe not that technical level. But w- what are people offering now? Where are people going with this? And and who are the leaders in the space?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I always like to talk about the practical side of things. Um, well, I, I know it's it's new. It's early. But Twitter is is working on a it's what's well, a it's called Blue Sky first of all, and it's going to be a it's going to be a protocol essentially that will uh, all kinds of social networks could been plugged into and become a part of a broader network, and then it would be all have a decentralized foundation, and the idea is that it would be less um, control there would there be less controls on speech, and whatever controls would be there I guess would have. Uh, there'd be a different mechanism for discovering what they look like and how the algorithm's planned. I, I think it's very early, but they're looking at, they're looking at trying to solve some of the issues with, you know, dangerous or misinformation, the dangers of misinformation going viral. That's one of the levels they're looking at of dealing, one of the issues they're looking at. So that's blue sky. Um, and then the other that I'm familiar with is called Mastodon, which is it's um, there's various communities you can join. And it's uh, it's you know you can you can I believe it's an it has an API you can you can um, customize and program yourself and they have you know, various groups that, you know interests like music and uh, lifestyle stuff so it's kind of like you know very similar to Facebook and or MySpace and it looks and honestly the the, the graphics look very similar to MySpace and Facebook as well uh, more Facebook than MySpace but yeah I mean they exist and that's those are the two bigs, that, two biggies that I'm aware of. I don't know if Lucas has any others. Yeah,
2: I think Blue Sky sounds to me like the Orwellian, you know, uh, tool to move forward. Your chain is as only as strong as its weakest link, and if you're if you're if you're unifying uh, this one broad social media application to bring together Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and what's that, it's like, well. How, how how free is Facebook and the information and mm-hmm. in the group knowledge is coming through there and Instagram. So bringing them all together on one front doesn't really uh, give me a warm fuzzy. I, I also, when we were talking earlier, maybe think of the Nirvana fallacy with what we really hope to create with a social media app. I mean, in the world we live in God's perfect creation, people can uh, have errors of judgment. People can, can wall themselves off from listening to others and, and form their own cliques and groups. Sometimes we uh, are open-minded, sometimes we aren't. Uh, sometimes we're amenable to truth and, and other times we're not. So to create some system that, that, um, uh, that, that goes beyond that, I don't know if that is something that's feasible or is necessary uh, I, but, however, I, I, it comes back to the transparency which uh, blockchain can bring, and the accountability, uh, and, and a reward structure, a system that uh, rewards the value of truth. And I and I feel that that would, would it be easier to accomplish in a less um, hierarchical fashion than that yeah. than it's done now. When you give everyone an open an open seat at the table to to say whatever they want to say bad, good or ugly. And, you know, you walk down the street, you can go into a Protestant church. If you don't like what the Protestant church says, then you don't go there and and the people who go there love it. Or you can go to a synagogue or you can go to a mosque. We don't have to create a system where the Protestant church and the Uh synagogue. So the idea that we need to create some social media system that gets everybody to, to agree on the big T truth is ridiculous. It's impossible and it's not going to happen. However, it's what you were saying earlier, right? It is the point: absolute power corrupts absolutely. And and knowing that uh, men and women, we're all fallible. We all have different uh, knowledge; it's dispersed. Then, then our social media, um, I guess, the construct should should. Um, understand and appreciate that i feel and not give yeah. certain groups of people the ability to shut the voices off of others mm-hmm. and to proliferate specific ideas that benefit them uh, right. because they have the power to do so outside of just their voice yeah how do, how do these tools for good get used for private
0: means right that's something we don't for, it's hard to foresee but we know that it's potentially uh you know always a possibility
1: yeah, I would say there's always other options as well that exist that we wouldn't maybe classify as social media currently, but kind of are, like Decentraland or, or Crypto, CryptoVoxel, where it's, these are sandbox worlds that you can go into as a virtual form of you and just have conversations with people, create marketplaces. And yes, that's, uh, well, there's Facebook marketplaces, there's, you know, right. Craigslist, you know what I mean? that. Those those forms exist. But those are
0: more immersive, though, right?
1: It's like Sims
0: in a sense, right?
1: Yes. But is that the future of social media as well? Is that social media 2.0? Well, I think it kind of might be.
0: You know, what I'm thinking is, you know, maybe the way to solve this problem is to divorce social media from the news and just have social media be a place to socialize and to discuss, but not try to make Mm -hmm. it a truth tracking system and just look for the news to be that and look for journalists to be that and scientists and other experts in their fields. I think maybe we're trying to make social media into something it's not supposed to be.
1: I, I think that it was very enlightening. And I think that is the perfect way to cap off this conversation. <laughs> uh, I, there's a whole lot more there I know we can talk about, but just leaving on that note that, hey, maybe social media is entirely different in the future divorced from news and politics and everything and just like you said ryan a place to socialize and a place to meet other humans and hear stories and be social uh and that's what it is maybe it's more immersive here in the future i think you know if you listen to our previous podcast uh that's certainly coming the metaverse but is there a is there an in-between as well there probably is but but we don't know. Obviously we're, we're not here building, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of great uh, business ideas we've created over a few of these podcast episodes. I don't think any of us want to tackle this one though. Wow. Uh, it's a little too much on the line. I agree. Uh, but I appreciate you guys' time. We tackled a lot. I know there's so much more to, to tackle uh, with this topic. Uh, and I'd love to do a part two someday once we, you know, once a little more moves on and we have a little more, uh, so, some more examples of what social media is looking like uh, in web three or in a decentralized application form. But, but as of now, you know, it's just hopes and dreams and hopefully it's better than what currently exists and what's uh, definitely tormenting our world in, in a variety of ways.
0: Well said. Yeah, I agree. The future Pretty will cool, be, brother. we'll see, we'll see how it all plays out.
2: And I really like how you meant you snuck in Decentraland, Devin, because that, that's a perfect example of a, of, a, of a blockchain technology where anyone has equal footing to join. And right now it's a place where it's just, it's a, it's a social, it's a social place where people can come together and build. And who knows what where places like that become in the future. People could also build areas where they share news and they share ideas in these different communities. It's, it's quite remarkable
1: yeah it's uh, it's gonna be much different for sure but it'll be really exciting I think to see how this all plays out and hopefully it does play out in the uh, in the positive direction <laughs> Indeed. I, I do 1984. want
0: 1984
1: no 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 uh, well we need the book but we don't need the situation <laughs> yeah. but thank you guys for your time uh, it's it's always wonderful to chat with you guys uh, I know we're doing this podcast a little bit later in the week Uh, Thanks. Thank you guys for uh, being flexible with my schedule and uh, I'm looking forward to next week. It should be a good one.
0: No problem. Yeah, I am too, for sure. Me too, brother. Have a blast.
2: Sending good vibes on your travels. I look forward to when you return. Thank you. And I look forward to running into you in uh, Colorado. Sounds good.
1: All right. Talk soon, guys. Take care.